Oi, oi, and welcome back to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend again, Mr. Paul Levy. It's growing back slowly. It is growing back slowly. Very good. Uh, well, very good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending when you're listening to us. Welcome back. Hope you haven't missed us too much. This is now episode number 68. Following a short break, we have so much to catch up on now, so not going to mess around let's let's just crack on yep so i think yep so firstly um a quick message from an orient fan uh from uh peter andrew who can be found on twitter at peter lofc he's volunteering volunteering at an orphanage in peru uh this summer and would love to get all the kids playing football proudly wearing some late in orient fc gear which is a great idea so if anybody has any old kid or team kits or other orient clothing that you would like to donate to peter uh, you can email him at Pete LOFC at hotmail.com to get in touch or you can contact him on Twitter at Peter LOFC and Peter can collect the kits at the remaining home game versus Mansfield next week and probably he'll be at the Oval game so great cause let's get the kids in Peru wearing the Orient tops and I think red's quite a fetching colour in Peru <laughs> so uh, yeah absolutely so uh, obviously as I alluded to earlier unfortunately we haven't been able to do a podcast over the last three weeks so uh, obviously, unless you've been living in a cave for that time, um, there's a lot has happened, a lot has changed. So we're not going to go into the specifics of each game. We're just going to try and cover them at a high level. Uh, there's so many talking points. So I think we'll crack on with Saturday the 9th of April. That was Barnet away. Um, typically, you might think that that would be a straightforward Orient win, given the, uh, the, the, the playing personnel we have. Um, for that match, um, surprisingly, Baldry yeah. didn't start. He'd been suspended for three games, and um, he came back into the into the match day squad, but only had a seat on the bench. Yeah. So in the, our last podcast, episode sixty seven, you said that you didn't think Baldry would start. I said you were mad. We done a Twitter poll, and I think it was about eighty seven percent wanted to start Baldry on the Saturday, mostly over Ramage, and Baldry was on the bench, so that was surprising. And yeah, just a very quick summary of the match. As Paul said, we've got so much to go through. We went one down in about the 17th minute, I think, or 20th minute, round about then. Poor goal to concede. We Orient thought we should have had a free kick. Everyone was appealing for the free kick. Cross came into the box and Johnny Kinde, free header, 1-0. Poor half, poor yeah. performance. Um, winning at half-time, one down. Second half, the game-changing moment. Benon Williams goes surging into the Barnet box, gets brought down. Clear penalty, you, you you know, no no debate about that. Lloyd James steps up. You put your house on Lloyd James to score. Yeah, I thought it was a decent Honestly. penalty actually. But the keeper dives early, dives the right way, saves the game. Sorry, saves the penalty uh, and the game. And that was it. And with that, we crumbled. But about a couple of minutes later, Barnett took it down the other end of the pitch. Got a lucky second goal. Poor defending from us, really, wasn't it? You know, they hit the bar. Ball came back out to them. Their man struck it. Gets deflected. 2-0 and a couple of minutes after that they wrap things up you know poor goal to concede Chizak poor poor goalkeeping Akinde ran onto the ball Chizak bottled it really 3-0 less than an hour gone huge walkout from the Orient fans and that's the way it finished I think a lot of fans left around the mid 60th minute yeah. to be fair like uh, mid to late 60s um, good for memory as well thanks I, I don't I don't I, I saw those goals like <laughs> soon after they happened but I can't remember them but so Kevin Nolan said post-match, uh, I've got to believe in what I'm doing, and I do. I'm a confident lad, I've said that, and I knew I would have ups and downs when I first took the job, and this is the down. But we need to do, but what we need to do, sorry, is battle our way out of it. 
I would say I'm sorry to the supporters that left and possibly if I was a fan watching that and I was as passionate as them and had paid what they've paid, I might have done the same. So as always, Kevin Nolan, very honest in his post-match assessment and I think we all agreed with him there. After the match, we had loads of tweets. So we are going to mention tweets, but from different points later on. So thanks for the tweets we got after the Barnet game. There were tons. So that meant the league table, we stayed just outside the playoff places. But, you know, it was on a match-by-match basis. So at that point, every match was changing the dynamic of the league table. So even though we had lost, we weren't completely out of the playoff race. So your views about the Barnet game then, quickly? Um, at the time, I was absolutely outraged that such a heavy defeat against a team like like Barnet. They are an awful team, you know, managed by Martin Allen. They play ugly football. I've my wife's uncle is a Barnet fan. They were there. They watched it, and even they said that they were poor. And there's no way we should be losing to teams like this. And it says a lot about what's going on behind the scenes and what must be impacting, you know, yeah, you know, the first team. So, um, I, I'm, I'm lost, slightly lost for words at the moment. To be honest with you, I just don't want to get into a massive rant and then end up this just being, I don't know, 40 minutes, an hour's worth of ranting. But I can't think of anything that I can counterbalance negativity with because there isn't anything. It all starts with the players, the defensive lapses, the midfield not protecting the, the back four and the strikers not taking their chances. You can't be missing penalties. You you, yeah. you just can't, and 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 they're a lifeline in the game. Had we have got that, would we have pushed on and and won that game? I don't think so. I reckon, I reckon the penalty was the changing point. I mean, we all agreed that was a pretty poor performance, and fans were outraged, and we had a lot of negative tweets after that game. And Barnet away is a game you expect to just go and pretty much walk it. I would say I expected that, and looking at the lineups, but Martin Allen gets his team playing League Two football, and he sucks <coughs> us out and. At the end of the day, they beat us 3-0 in a local derby and it was a terrible result. And yeah. He, he, he is a League 2 manager. But, you know, an He's, argument to say is that what we what we needed this season, someone who knows the division and plays ugly and gets us out of it. Well, Northampton haven't yeah. played like that. No, true. They so, don't play football. Michael Appleton at Oxford doesn't play football like that. Yeah. Let's wrap up Barnet because I'm getting bored mm. of Barnet. So, Sunday 10th of <laughs> April, um, probably one of the only highlights in the podcast, the women's team win the Mayor's Cup. Uh, so yeah, well done the amazing. ladies they beat Tower Hamlets 6-0 that's a drum um, at Marlin Stadium so well done ladies well, well done. we'll be yeah. doing an interview very shortly at some point in the with future with Chris and Chris the manager Chris Brayford and a few um, of their players, of the players. Yeah, yeah. so we look That'd forward to that so we, uh, we'll keep you posted on the ladies interview that'll be, uh, that'll be a good one yeah and then some massive news at the time Monday the 11th of April so we're talking a, a, you know, a couple, good couple of weeks ago now we received reports about well, about eight o'clock, yeah. that Kevin Nolan had been relieved of his managerial duties. It was confirmed by the following statement from the club on Tuesday it, that, that, that said, Everyone at the club is fighting hard to make sure we reach the playoffs this season. Whilst that aim remains within reach, we have decided that Kevin should focus entirely on his playing contributions until the end of the season. We believe that Kevin will be able to make a bigger impact on the team without the distraction of managerial duties. Andy Hessenthaler has been assisting Kevin over the past few months will take charge of the first team in the interim. So when we first heard that, we we got a, a tip-off uh, from one of our listeners, actually, and then we followed that up. And within about 10 minutes of following that up, our sources came back and confirmed it. So we really couldn't believe it. The news hadn't no. broken yet on any social media. And obviously... You know, we what we put out there, we try and make as accurate as possible. So we were umming and ahhing for about fifteen minutes. So we were to send the tweet <laughs> out, which we did eventually, and a massive, huge reaction. 
as you know, as you would expect. expect. So, what were your views when you first heard the news? <coughs> I think, like everyone else, I was quite shocked, really, to be honest. I thought Co- I thought Kevin Nolan should either play or manage. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with the club that it wasn't working out as it was. Um, surprised that no one in the management team should say to Kevin Nolan, "Look, Kev, either play." Or manage, and and I think for him, as it was his first job, I mean, managerial responsibility is huge. So to try and then combine it with playing, I yeah. think he really should have taken a view. My opinion is that he should have taken a view and said, "Look, I'll manage, and then I'll have an impact yeah. in the sixty-something minute, and I'll go on and yeah. help change the game if we're losing, or help push on if we need that extra win." So I, I was surprised that 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 conclusion hadn't been reached by the managerial team. Yeah, you know, yes. Um, Andy Edwards, Andy Edwards, Harris, Lee Harrison, and and, um, uh, and and anybody else that was involved at the time. But you know, bringing him on as an impact sub for me would have been better. But he started off well. You know, he won seven out of his fifteen games, which isn't which is no bad record. You know, winning yeah. well forty eight percent of your games, whatever it turns out to be. But yeah, you, know, you lose to a team like Barnet, it doesn't do your job security any good at well, all. I think he had some big away wins, didn't he? He had some brilliant away wins. Away to Wickham in his first game. Portsmouth. Away to Oxford. Away to Portsmouth. Done some really good away wins. Home form yeah. was a bit a bit dodgy. Dodge, I would yeah. say, I don't know, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, I think we could all see on the pitch he wasn't having the effect that he should have been, and as a player manager, he should have taken that step back. But you know, unfortunately, as soon as we got the news. I wasn't surprised. As soon as I saw it, you're thinking, yeah. please don't let this be true. But you knew it probably was, you know. Yeah. And when we followed up and heard it was, a bit shocked. Like you said, only 15 games. And, you know, a promising manager should have definitely been given the summer because the quality of player he could have brought in to work under him, I think, would have been a lot better than what we're currently looking at. Um, and, a, and a real shame. Seemed to get his tactics right away from home. At home, maybe could have gone more attacking. Seems happy to kind of sit back at home more than attack. But I think it's a real shame. I think he could have been really promising and, you know, it's a case of what could have been. Yeah, and you know now, to go from being manager and managing and in charge of the squad to then being their teammate, like, that's a, ma- that's yeah. a massive demotion. I know the club mean well. Well, I-, I hope the club mean well by the fact that they would rather him as a player and have the impact because they know how good he yeah. is just trying to bring some sort of positivity out of it as a counterbalance, that they see him that, you know, yes, he's played Premier League, he's played in the top flight pretty much all of his career, he knows the game inside out and he would be better as a player than and, and able to focus on that and have the managerial team doing the management. But <clears throat> just, you can't see the guy going from being their boss one day to sitting next to them, being their teammate the next. No. The dynamic of that is just, you know, it's like you and me at work being going from being manager yeah, yeah, of absolutely. a team to... Or, or anyone, you know, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and like we said, while, while the matches were going on, he seemed to just be playing as opposed to managing, and I think you're right, he should have just been managing the team, but it's happened. So obviously we put the news out there, I think we were the first to tweet it, and as soon as we did, we almost broke Twitter. Huge response, huge reaction. We got loads of tweets. We won't, we can't mention all of them, otherwise you'd be looking at about a four-hour podcast. But we will mention quite a few. It was really interesting to gauge your views. So firstly, from <coughs> at Paul Crouchman, said, give the guy a chance. Recent results have been poor, but he needs the chance to build his own team. It's still early days yet, and yeah, I completely agree. You know, Hunt, you could say, was his signing. But apart from that, everyone else, to my knowledge, was under Hendon's That, that radar. list. That yeah. list. So, good point. Yeah, Graham Dodd, 14, said, this club is more like a circus. Surely, Nolan has to have more time. Yeah, at F. San O's fan, said, nothing to gain from sacking Nolan now. It's madness. 
At Orient, Steve72, totally wrong decision. Let him build his side and backroom. Leighton Orient needs stability. Yeah, at Snoz99, it's hard to believe. If anything, Hendon and Liverani were given too long. Can't see why Bichetti would go so quick here. Hope not. That's quite an interesting point. Yes. Should you have kept with Hendon even longer because things weren't as as bad? Or, Got like you say, was he given... Yeah, should he have gone yeah. in, on, in December? Marquio's 1107, ridiculous. Okay, the season's gone, but new assistant and rebuild in the summer. Nolan should be given time. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. At Jack Arena says, Yes, we have been poor, but without stability, we can't build solid foundations for the future of the club. That's the key. At Hugh PTD Davis said, Oh, for God's sake, at least give him till the <laughs> end of the season. Yep. Um, at Georgie Orient says, Stability. Can we have some stability, please? Manager, starting 11, formation, it would be nice. And that's the key, you know. We always see key words around the tweets we get, which is why it's interesting reading them now, because this is the first time we really read them out loud. And you can see the main one already coming out of these is stability. 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 All right. I wonder what stability is in Italian. I'll have to learn that one. I don't think they have it in Italian. Um, at Biffo Prop, lunacy. Five matches left, need some stability. <laughs> at Len M4, whatever happens, I want Bichetti out of the club. He's done far more damage than good to the club, and by him not being accountable to us fans is an insult. We have to be more vocal. As we all know, this isn't the Orient we love. Oh dear, Walshie said, terrible decision. Such a poorly run club. Yeah, at Bradley Ackers 95 says the money Bichetti is wasting on buying out managers he could have invested into that squad because Kevin Nolan will not be cheap to buy out and that's, that's a very point. good point that that's a very good point so and what I will say is he seems to have gone for cheap managers up until Nolan like Hendon was a cheaper option than Darren Ferguson for example so he seems not to want to spend money on managers but doesn't seem minding to pay bigger fees on player wages surely it should be the other way around you pay a manager more to get a better type of quality player in who would want to play for less money so you think good so point. Good yeah point. you think so at Steve, uh, S Macca sorry start again at SMCCA 8421 said embarrassed to be a Leighton Orient fan all the best to Kevin Nolan at GForce underscore Shiv says if Kevin Nolan is really gone that's ridiculous he's had no time he's inherited an old squad and hasn't <coughs> had a transfer window sigh yeah at uh, ESTILO string four I'm sure there's an Estelo string four. Uh, surely there's a wealthy celebrity fan or two out there to buy Leighton Orient and provide some stability to the club. Yeah, good point. At Morgan underscore Con97 says, cannot be placing the blame on Nolan when in fairness only three players in the squad are his. It's a complete shambles. You've got yourself a young manager who has experienced playing at the highest level. You'd think to move forward with him. Yeah. I, have to, I have to disagree with that slightly in a sense that the quality that we've got on paper in our squad is actually very good. Yeah, when you think about it, the goalkeeper's good. Simpson's top scorer, second top scorer now. I think Matty. Well, yeah, yeah. Matty thing he's taken yeah. over. Um, but then you've got you know ball players like Lloyd James. You've got Callum Geraldo Martin, who is quite a pacey winger. Um, you've got Atangana, defensive midfielder. Can I ask you a question though? Are we just not as good as what we think we are? Yeah, we probably aren't as good as what. Well. But that's why that's why I said to you on paper. Yeah. On paper, but maybe we've not, got maybe a not top anymore. league two side. But why? Why do we think that? Because on uh, paper, uh, uh, but you've got Kevin Nolan, Jay Simpson. Yeah, but I'm not disagreeing, but only one of those players in Jay Simpson made the League Two team of the year list yeah. out of 15 or 25 whatever. the rest whatever. of them have been poor and inconsistent and there have been players throughout the whole of the rest of the season who have been more consistent and better 
than us. So maybe on paper, in our heads, we've got a good, a good squad. But maybe, maybe, well, in reality, maybe we don't. I mean, the league table doesn't lie. We'll come to the league table at the end. It's, it's, a, it's a strange one, isn't it? Yeah, no, no. And that's why I only say, yeah. on paper, we have got a stronger, one of the strongest sides in League Two. Yeah. It's just football isn't played on paper. Yeah. Uh, and where it does matter on the grass, we're not. Yeah. We're quite shocking, to be fair. At Morgan underscore Con. Read that. Done that. Okay, yeah. sorry. At Nilbro 213-66504 said the club lost 4.4 million last year. Players being paid who are not even in the squad. Who would want to come to hashtag LOFC Good now? Good point. Yeah, of course. Good point. When when because the footballing community, the players will talk to each other, got friends at other yeah, clubs, yeah. telling them how I, poor it is. And they're gonna say it's shocking here. You've got a megalomaniac owner, you've got this owner, he's done that, he's picking the squad. Da, da. What player in their right mind is going to want to come? If you're a football agent, you're probably not going to put your player forward to, to come and join the club. Or if you are, and you know what Bichette's paying, you're probably going to go, 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 go to try and get a massive wage fee out of him. Yeah, you know he's got the money exactly. to put into it. Yeah. Uh, O's fan basing just says, what the F is going on? Who on earth would want to manage here now? Although I've said that the last few times. I still think if Bichette can get his checkbook out, he could still attract a very good manager, but he'd have to pay him top dollar. I don't I think I still so. think he could attract one. I don't one. think you do. I think that's spoiled. The money is spoiling managers and spoiling players. Um, just a name that's cropped into my head, actually. We haven't seen much of Jack Payne, uh, even on the bench or anything. So, um, we was just talking about, you know, players that probably won't want to be here next season either. Um, at LOFC World News, said Bichetti seems to think football is a game where if you change the manager enough it will work sooner or later does it Chelsea? (laughs) Samuel LOFC 97 said the club is becoming a joke no one needs time to build his squad there's no way we're going to get out of this division without some stability players will not want to join us either yep at Valencia or underscore Orient if you appoint a manager new to management don't you at least have to give him time to learn and develop there's a question that I thought that raises from that was was Nolan the right appointment in the first place given that we're pushing for the playoffs yeah, good point. do you need someone that, that's learning or should we have gone with an experienced manager who can push on yeah good point at David 12 Lloyd says surely Nolan should be asked to manage instead of playing he's been useless for us despite having time to adapt to League 2 that's a good point he's on the pitch he never really got going and was no. that a case of maybe carrying an injury or thinking too much about what, what's not going fit. on on the sidelines not fit you know all questions that were never really answered at GTB0708, it would have been great if he could have had a full pre-season and put his own stamp on things. Yeah, at Dunmark, just says, daft, no foresight. What happens in five games' time when no manager, when contracts need sorting and squad rebuilding should start? Again, that's another great point. Who's going to you know, negotiate new contracts with the out-contract players? Because there's quite a few. I presume that it's going to fall on Bichetti's head, unfortunately. Well, I think, well, I think, we'll, I think it'll be the same as last season yeah. where we just waited for the new managers to come in and the likes of... You know the Lisbys and the and the Scott Cuthberts went and found themselves um, other clubs. I think that's Crazy. that's what's going to happen. We'll lose we'll lose probably one or two of the decent players yeah. that we have got that may actually want to stay. At Richie J Bourne said from the start, Nolan should have been an assistant manager to learn the trade, given guidance, and all would have worked out. Yeah, at Vinny H seventy three, slightly different take on this. Is good. Nolan was spending too much time in watching the rest of the team to get involved. Just hope it's an amicable decision. There you go. Yeah. yeah. At the underscore Blundell, bemused, bewildered, and I think it's meant to say bedazzled. I think that's supposed to say bedazzled as well. Yeah. At, at Pandemonium 1881, it says absolutely pathetic. Club being run into the ground. 
and still they think they're doing it right. Hashtag yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, Lee Gibbs won. Club is a joke and a circus. The owner is completely clueless and is running our club. We need stability. The owner is the problem. Yeah, at 1881 Orient says no one should be asked to manage and not play. Andy Hassenthaler won't be a good manager in my opinion. The owner should go away. Yeah. Uh, at 05Callum97, Bichetti is mentally unstable, ruined our football club, makes you appreciate what we had before. Embarrassing. When will he be happy? Just sell the club for the fans' sake. Hashtag laughing stock of the football league. Yeah. I think Leeds are probably a little bit ahead of us in that state. Only slightly though. And Charlton probably. And Charlton, Charlton that far, yeah. Yeah, at Wings Mad says it's unworkable for Nolan, Hess and the players. Nolan will go and the club needs stability. Bichetti is clueless. At Les underscore Bristow, feel sorry for Nolan at LOFC, but he bought some of it on himself. Why do you not focus on managing rather than yeah, playing? again. Good point. Inclined good point. to agree. At Bendy Bollard, Says Hess was better qualified than both Ian Hendon and Kevin Nolan. He's managed Gillingham in the Championship. This might just be the answer for short term. Nolan sitting in midfield, pointing like a dad in a kids match, was beginning to annoy me. Should have been used as a sub only, in my honest opinion. That is a great point. I Nolan agree. spent a lot of time pointing. He did. You know, having to go, Coming. having to go at players on the pitch, having to drop too deep, which wasn't wasn't his game to come and get the ball, which then left gaps up front for a counter yes. attack and all the rest of Very it. Very good so, point, Evan. Uh, at Wadsey, why do people think Kevin Nolan will stay after this demotion? Am I missing something? He quite rightly won't be a happy bunny. Good point. And at Wadsey, <laughs> does see the future. In terms of the prediction league, he's got a very good foresight, so very yeah. interesting. That. At okay. Rob underscore Nez underscore Sarf says, Nolan not being manager anymore is a complete joke. The club's thinking is too short term. At Neil underscore Watson 37, shocking what this club has become in less than two years. Complete joke who would really come, sorry, who would really come and work or play for this lot. Yeah, and lastly, from at Dodgems 81, says, give the man credit. It takes some skill to destroy a football club in two seasons. <laughs> Bichette is ruining the club we love. We are a joke, and you know, two years ago we were looking forward to we were League One playoffs, and you know, less than two years, and with Bichetti coming in, it's gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. wrong. Yeah. So obviously, as you mentioned earlier, Steve, there's a common yep. theme here: is a lack of stability at the club by sacking after sacking, a lot of dismay and animosity aimed at Bichetti, the owner. Yeah, I think Bichetti's done a really poor job at you know engaging with fans, and if he's done people no job could, at that. well, if people could understand his motives, you might get more sympathy with him, but. If he doesn't talk to you, then you can't understand what his reasons are. And he's been very, I must say, since he's been in charge, he's been very, very poor at, at talking to us fans. And, you know, we'd love to get him on the show. We've had Alessandro on, but there's only so much Alessandro can tell us. So, you know, Bichetti, who obviously won't be listening, so I don't know why I'm trying to plea with him to come on the podcast. But if anyone knows him or can get in touch with him, yeah, I'd love to hear from him, but never going to happen. So, moving on. Yeah, Wednesday the 13th of April, the Loft... Uh, announced that they were going to be arranging a protest yep. uh, with the hashtag 7 for 7 so um, 7 managers that we've had in the last 2 years and to be walking into the match on the 7th minute yeah so that was in the, the forthcoming Dagenham match at home coming in 7th minute for me i got to be honest I think Loft made a massive balls up with the whole thing wasn't organised properly asking fans to not attend the first 7 minutes of a vital game isolated fans you know, if you've got kids, you couldn't do it. You know, if you wanted to watch 90 minutes for a quick start, you couldn't do it. And they should have just held off because at that point we were in the playoff race. You know, fans still had, were still supporting the team fully. And what they were asking the fans to do was never, ever going to work. There were much better alternatives out there. And, you know, the podcast supports Loft. We support Loft, but couldn't support that protest. And when I got to the ground on that Saturday, 
I expected to be bamboozled by lo- loads of people from Loft saying, don't go into the ground, here's a leaflet, here's a bichette out leaflet, lift it up, do what you want with it, got to the ground, nothing. Couldn't see anyone from Loft, no one, no one doing anything. So for me, a huge missed opportunity from Loft. Any ideas as to what would have, what might have worked? Um, Any suggestions? An 18th minute or an 81st minute stand up for the Orient chant with everyone in the ground would have been great. And for me, you know, the protest, Bichetti sits above the West End. So if you're going to do a walk in, Bichetti will only see the East End. And in the East End, you don't get any hardcore really supporters in there. All the hardcore in the West, South, or the North. So, you know, if you had 200 people walking in the seventh minute into the West End, Bichetti wouldn't see that. So what was the point? Really probably executed. In the South Stand, when we sit, in the seventh minute, I saw about 15 people walk in. And because of what had already happened in that match, we'd already got a goal up, people looked embarrassed to be walking in the seventh minute. And that's not what the point of Loft is. Yeah. Completely misunderstood the point. And I hope Loft can get can get it right. If they want to do something before the Mansfield game, they've got six days left to coordinate something. And there'll, there'll be a lot more support now for it. But they've got to get their principles right, I think. There you go. So, <laughs> just... just... <laughs> Just so that we don't uh, alienate any in the East End, we know there are some hardcore there, but oh, yeah, I think your point was more around the fact that we give the tickets that we give away the free and, tickets. The, yeah. uh, and, and, and the youth uh, tickets are, are in the East, but we know there are some hardcore, so just before everyone gets angry. Good disclaimer. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so just Good covering disclaimer. ourselves there. So at Paul we underscore UK said, long time listener, first time caller, as much as I admire and respect the hard work that Loft do, today's protest has done more to split the fans than most of the events of this season. Good intentions, but wrong execution of ideas. Come on, you O's from 3pm onwards. Yeah, and so, I thought that was a great tweet, really. I think that kind of summed up. And we got, we got loads of tweets about it, but obviously we're not going to read them all again. Um, there was quite a divide in who was supporting it and who wasn't. But, you know, I think... I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I'm inclined to very much agree with you that Loft had the best of intentions, but of perhaps it wasn't. Perhaps it wasn't as well executed as as other options perhaps could yeah, have been. Absolutely. So, so also <laughs> on that day, uh, again rumours beforehand, but confirmed by the club later in the evening that Lee Harrison has been sacked and replaced by ex goalkeeping coach Rob Gagliardi. Paul is just uh, shaking his head in disgust. Where do you go? As, <laughs> as if things really couldn't get any worse. It's like face palm after face palm after face. You know, unbelievable. More shocking for me than Nolan going. Really? More shocking for me than Nolan okay. going. Okay. You would expect a manager to lose his job, but for the goalkeeping coach? Yeah. Nah, that's. You've replaced a f- top qualified UEFA licensed goalkeeping coach who was at a Premiership club last season, responsible, I think, for their development side. Yeah. With a bloke whose level is non-league at best, from abroad and in the UK, yeah, I'm genuinely lost for words now. Yeah, it was, it was a, as a very strange decision, and again, <coughs> Francesco not really doing anything to endorse himself to the Orient fans. A very strange decision, you know. Why was he? Why was? Why was Lee Harrison was asked to step down and manage the the youth side yeah. and do the goal? Yeah, yeah. Why? I don't understand. No one's actually come out and, and, and said why. Obviously, Lee isn't going to do that. I completely get that. Absolutely. I understand that. But why was Lee asked to step down? Why why did that situation actually happen in the first place? And obviously, Lee's going to turn around and say, well, actually, no, my contract is first-team goalkeeping coach, so I'm not going to step down to that role, yeah. which is why he's left. Understand that. I understand that, but I don't understand the beginning of it. I understand why Rob Gagliardi's coming, because... He's a goalkeeper, and I use that term quite loosely. <laughs> and he's come in now, 
and he's going to do that. But you see the likes of Sam Sargent, who got a call up to the yeah, yeah. England, which I'm sure we mention later. Um, I mention it now. Then <laughs> uh, he got he got he he he's been called up to the England squad because you know he's been developed by yeah, yeah. by someone who is experienced at doing that. Yeah, I mean, there's been. <laughs> Gagliardi is when he's been warming up the keepers before the Plymouth match and the Dagenham match. He's shooting a goal at Chizak, but he's not actually shooting at Chizak. He's putting them white. Like he's literally his warm ups aren't te- testing the keepers. So he's standing there with a the ball shooting at goal, so for the keeper to catch it or save it, and his shots aren't on target. It's it's ludicrous. A really strange one. We really fall for Lee Harrison um, and and, and, and a poor decision and the goalkeepers who can't be happy with the current situation, but. Again, questionable appointments uh, in the back room. Yeah, really 100%, strange. Really so weird. Friday, fifteenth of April, in um, a couple of days after, Francesco Pichetti sent a video statement to Orient fans. Um, didn't really say much in it. Well, he spoke for three minutes. Very broken English. Looked like a Bond villain that everyone, a lot of people, have mentioned. Said. Yeah, spent three minutes talking about really saying much. Again, for me, a missed opportunity there for Francesco. Didn't really go into depth about Nolan, about why he's taking that decision. Mentioned Nolan, but didn't really say much about yeah. him. Didn't really say what his plans were. He came across as passionate. I'll give him that. Yeah. And it on a good angle to come from, he's finally engaged with the fans. But, again, not much said. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, I am slightly inclined to agree with that. I mean, for me, though, it's the first time he's spoken to us in two years. Um, it's the yeah. only credit that I'm going to give him yeah. um, during the two years that he's owned the club. I mean, yes, you know, you make the point there. I'd sort of originally noted, like, what would you expect him to say? But yeah, he could have come out and been a little bit more forthcoming with why he's, why Nolan left. Oh, okay. Re- really, really why he's demoted him. Really why Lee Harrison's left. But he has said that, you know, get behind the team, which is the right thing to do. You know, I am passionate about making this club successful which is reassuring to hear you know people saying well what if he leaves what if he takes his money out of the club it doesn't sound like it was for me it was a bit reassuring in a sense that he's actually come out and said I'm passionate about the club I want to make it successful I'm putting my money in I just want you to know that which in its own right is cool but like you say I think it's a massive missed opportunity where he could have come out and yeah, said that he, but he, he could have come think, out and said things about you know why you want to get rid of Hendon and what known and what appealed him about putting Nolan in and why he thinks Nolan hasn't worked out and where he, what he wants to do in the summer and where he sees the club but just three minutes of just I think that much. sort of thing would come in a fans forum you uh, hope in, so, in, a, but in a supporters club forum but he's not he's not, but he's not putting himself yeah. forward that yet no I get that so, so low again massive massive response to this on Twitter so again we'll mention a few we can't mention all of them but really interesting to see kind of the way that was changing perceptions of what Bichetti of people's opinions of Bichetti so yeah. at Phil Crocker 1978 said it's a positive step at least some interaction with the fans let's get behind the boys and shout loud and proud Orient yeah, at Spice Albert, I used to think he was a clown. Now I think he's a dangerous liar. Yeah, at Acreance said a negative stroke positive. So I truly believe he will not stop until he succeeds. But how many casualties along the way, though? Hashtag bumpy. Yeah, at, yeah, bump. at Matty LOSC Evans, I'm surprised he has spoken in a medium like this. However, it shows what a bit of public bashing can do. Hashtag Forza Orient. Yeah, so that was he finished, he he finished his statement not with up the O's, but Forza Orient, so... Maybe he's trying to start. Yeah, oh. maybe trying to start That's a new. Uh, no, a new start on it. That. It's it's 
Come on, you O's. At Orient, <laughs> at Orient Meat Pie said, designed to placate O's fans. Actions speak louder than words, and club is still being run by clowns. Still a bad decision on Nolan. At Euro Orient said, papering over some very big crap. Yeah, at Jamie Green. Stripe said, only released because people were talking about a protest of sorts. The club's problems stem from bad decision making. His Paul's yeah, clapping. Yeah, I agree with that. Point, yeah. yeah, at SR Barber, nineteen eighty six. I like him. If any fans don't like it, get your wallet out. Get your, get your wallet, wallet out. out. Get your wallet <laughs> out and spend the millions you have. At Ian K. Richardson. That. Yeah, good point though. I he, think... He's put a lot of money into that club. Yeah, but he's not done it well. That's not done it well, way. but it's a lot. We welcome the investment. Money. Fans yeah. welcome the investment, but it's got to be done right. Yeah. At Ian K. Richardson said FB can't win with some people. This tells me he's desperate to succeed. Hearn also got lots wrong in his first few years. Yeah, yeah I'm inclined agreed. to agree with that a lot, actually. I think that's a really good really good um, comment. That David TH6430 said, One video which is clearly scripted answers nothing, and suddenly FB is a top man again with some fans. God help us. Yeah, and finally from that, Matt J. Nash said, He's only speaking because of the planned protest. It means <coughs> nothing and had no substance. Known and sacking, ridiculous. So, again, Sorry. thanks for all your views on that. We had loads, but <coughs> we only got a chance to read out some. So, yeah, cool. Moving on to the next day, which is um, Saturday the 16th of April. The under-18s won the Merit League yeah. 1 with a game to spare by beating Wimbledon 2-1. So, well done, yeah. guys. I mean, very Stand. good. be interesting to see if any of those kids come through in the summer. Another another title win, this time undefeated. We've already seen people like Karoma start to come through. You know, we've got Kashkit, got some good young players through the club and hopefully... The way things are going, it'll be interesting to see who comes through. And, yeah, they didn't lose a game all season, so they no. played nine, won eight. No, 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 they played ten. They ended up playing ten because they played on Thursday. Oh, sorry. So they ended so up playing ten, winning nine and drawing one, which is a fantastic record. So With a, with goals, what did they win that game? They won it 3-0? 2-1. one was it? So they, they scored 23 goals and only conceded three in ten games. Superb. So That's outstanding. That yeah. really is outstanding. That's, that's an achievement that, you know, you think you've got other... Sort of League Two clubs and other, you know, Bournemouth thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well. So, so you've got yeah. decent pedigree of players, um, are, you know, as opposition. So well done, the under 18s and, and and that's a terrific, uh, terrific achievement there. So we had Dagenham Redbridge at home. Yep. So match day squad was announced, and unsurprisingly, Nolan was not involved in the squad, uh, citing an ankle injury picked up in training on Friday morning, and he's currently still out with that. So we wish him a quick recovery. Yeah, I'm just thinking, <laughs> for those that want to visualise how I'm being right now, the emoji eyes that just are looking one way. Yep. Um, also uh, announced out of the squad, McEnough, who we've been told will be out for a few weeks. So we'll see with that one. So, <coughs> you know, questions that we, we pointed, are these injuries real? Yeah. Was Bichetti asserting his power and influence on the squad? I definitely think Nolan probably isn't injured, but... No, could, I'm, pr- I'm 99.9% sure that Nolan is not injured. Yeah. Um, at all so while the protest was going on in the second minute Jay Simpson oh, good goal. one nil up yeah, it's good, a very good goal good goal long ball great flick on from our man into the path of Sean Clahessi who actually put in a <laughs> great ball cross. first time cross great ball pinpoint into Simpson who made a good run fell well to Simpson great finish and that's what happens when Simpson gets service in and around the 18-yard box. Yeah, I mean... In the 18-yard box. It, it, it was a good goal. It was a good build-up. And as poor as Dagenham and Rebbage were in defence, it was a good goal. Yeah. It was a really good goal. Shouldn't underestimated at this stage. And we were controlling the game. Looked really comfortable. Should have been... Should have had more. Simpson had a few chances in that half. Uh, we made it 2-0 just before half-time. <coughs> Again, now in delay. 
who played quite poorly but was involved in all three goals. So it's amazing, isn't it? it it's it's so... a strange one. It's a strange one. You know, doesn't really do much, but he, you know, had played parts in the build-ups to the first two. So he flicked onto Turgot, who I must say had a fantastic game against Dagenham. Turgot caned it down a wing, great ball into Simpson, who done well beat his man two 0 just before half time. So great to see two goals for Simpson. Nandale involved in both, and both coming from different wings. And I must say, Turgut was superb in that match. Yeah, a good match. Yeah, probably his best in the no shot. I would go as far to say, really good. Wanted the ball, full of confidence, full of running. Klahesi got an assist in the first half, and he looked quite good. And it was good, you know. The only kind of negative point was the fans who protested missed the first goal. Yeah. So two 0 at half time, and then yeah. the second half, the first fifteen minutes of that, it was completely different. Simpson had hit the post quite early on. I think if that goes in, we're looking at a four 0 five 0 Six 0 yeah. you know, Simpson would have got his hat trick. It would have been relaxed, but by the sixty first minute, I think it was two all. You know, um, their first goal, a lapse of concentration from Baldry, who had returned to the first Heather. team. Header, poor, poor. That is poor, poor. Didn't make it back. And Jamie Curran, you know, he's been scoring goals like that all through his career. He's apart from Orient, you know, apart from Orient because we didn't play him right. Yeah, but you know, he had one on Chizak, took it round him well. Good composure. Forty-year-old guy. Good finish. Like a thirty-year-old striker, like with confidence. Good finish. And as soon as that goal went in, the nerves returned. You could see the players getting a bit nervy. The crowd start didn't grumbling. Turn grumblings probably the correct word. Dagnan Rubbish got a corner about two minutes later. From not that, even. From not even about ninety seconds. 90 seconds from that corner, yeah, at best, ball got headed out to their defender. To be fair. Good goal, that. Good finish. Good Smacked goal. Smacked it bottom corner. And then suddenly, after dominating that game... We're at 2-all. We're at 2-all against the bottom the bottom team in the Football League who'd already been relegated... Well, who no, we're we- going to get relegated on that day. And you're just thinking, surely we're not going to lose this. And for the next five minutes, it's pretty nervy, I've got to say. But, you know, we retook the lead. Again, a great run from Blair Turgut, who'd done really well. And Armand Nandale, who was about to be substituted. So, Oli Palmer had his kit on, on the sidelines, ready to come on the pitch. Um, got a great ball in from Turgot and a good finish from Landerley who cupped his ear yeah, to the north so basically stand, so. I think that, that, that came about because he was getting a bit of jip from the from the home fans because he he wasn't really putting much effort in it, it wasn't it seemed, he wasn't chasing stuff down he, he seemed a bit lackadaisical he's just a bit lazy but then there were reports lazy. after the game that he had failed a fitness test and that Bichetti had overruled the decision... The medical team. The medical team, and to play him. So if that's the case, maybe we've been far too hard on that delay, but... But no one tells us, so you can only go on what you're given. Absolutely, but I think he'd, I think he'd done all right, and he cupped his ear. Probably not the best move that Nandalay will ever do to cup his ear <coughs> for the fans, but, you know, if you're getting abused and you score a goal, then as a forward, just, you know, you'll be emotional anyway. So took his goal, came straight off, and then we, we saw the game out. We'd done well. Palmer arguably should have added a fourth late on with a header that was well saved by the keeper, but... Palmer really should be scoring some of the chances he gets, but you know maybe a bit, a bit harsh on him to say that. And Chizak made two great saves uh, in the last minute. He made a great save from a free kick, that was really good. And then from the follow-up corner, he made an unbelievable save with his legs, and the ball just trickled just around the post where that could have easily gone, gone in. in. So yeah. well done to the team and the full-time whistle and relief around the ground and our playoff dream was still still there. They say a good goalkeeper will get his worth about sort of ten or twelve points a season. A good goalkeeper, I think Alex Shisak for me this season has been about thirty or forty points. He has oh, saved. I wouldn't go that far. I think he has saved doing... us so many times. The more than he's made mistakes. I think. I think you've given him a. Gr- I wouldn't go that far. I agree with you. I, I, I but, think but he's, he's given us such a. You know, you draw against Dagenham. There's other games where you know we had no right to. Really I, I'd say out. I'd say somewhere between twelve and eighteen points. I reckon maybe Chizak. Say thirty, forty is 
Like Forty all right might be a bit Mental. of an overestimation, but I'd say somewhere between twelve and eighteen probably. He definitely saved us two points against Dagen. I would say. Yeah. But then you can say his performance against Barnet was poor. Was poor. So yeah. I guess it evens itself out. So after the game, Andy, Andy Hessenthaler gave an intriguing um, statement by saying it was the staff. We, oh, sorry, on the team selection, Hessenthaler said it was the staff. We got together, Andy, in terms of Andy Edwards, Webby, Richard Thomas, along with the owner, and sat around the table. And that was the team we came up with. So that was the first kind of time he'd, allude, he'd alluded to being involved in team selection. He also said, I don't know how Kevin Nolan would feel right now, but I feel for him. Obviously, he has come in and kept me with him, and he's a good friend of mine, like Ian Hendon is. So for me to lose two managers this season has been very tough. So. Yeah, and that can't be easy to work no. in an environment. If you place yourself at work and think if you lost two managers in a short space of time, you'd also probably be a bit nervous oh. about what the business is doing. So yeah, yeah, and Andy's been very honest, you know, in his after-match assessments, and it must be tough for him. You know, he came in as an assistant manager to his friend Ian Hendon, and Hendon won in January, and he's seen Nolan come in and probably just started to get his head around Nolan's ideas for what he wanted, and now he's gone and finds himself in charge. So that meant league table, we were in 10th. But at that point, only two points behind Wimbledon. Wimbledon seven. Yeah. So even at that point, it was still all open and all to play for. So your views on that? Yeah, I, I didn't really see it, but followed it on Twitter, saw the highlights and whatnot. I just thought it was poor, a poor performance again. Defensively, we were we lapsed again. Um, they scored two goals in a minute, arguably the second goal. It was a good goal. You know, you can't take that away from them. Um, credit to them it's a shame we've relegated a, a fellow London club we won't have a derby to go to yeah. next season which is a shame but it, it says it all when we can just about beat bottom of the league club it was a good, it was a good game it was a good game first half we should have been 3 or 4 up and should have been out of sight and like I said if Simpsons shot and it hit the post would have gone in we would have trounced them but that one goal from a Baldry error which we've seen a few too many times really yeah, haven't we that, was more uh, point. that let them back in and after that that their heads went up a little bit, but it was good to see that we, you know, getting compared back to all, we could have thrown that game away, but good to see that we got the lead back. And yeah, lucky to see out the three points in the end, but a decent performance and could, it just shows that, you know, when we actually go and attack teams, like we attacked Dagenham Redbridge and we believed in ourselves a bit more yeah, and played it along the ground as opposed to punting it up longwards because yeah. we seemed to realise we were a better team than them and actually go for it. It shows you what we could do. So, a good three points there. Yeah. Absolutely. So moving on now to Tuesday the 19th of April, uh, we have Plymouth at home. Yep. There's an unchanged lineup from the team that beat Dagenham and Redbridge on Saturday, which kind of makes sense. But strangely, both Kevin Nolan and Ian Hendon were in attendance. Yeah, Ian so... Hendon was sitting with Bichetti, apparently, um, which is a strange one. So, you know, who knows? So What's again, we won't dwell too long on the match. Kevin Nolan was at, in attendance for, for the, the Dagenham game, yeah. but he was up in the gantry yeah. next to Dave Victor. And Dave Victor did ask him for an interview, but Kevin refused. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, Plymouth match. We started well. First 10 minutes were good, actually. We put Plymouth under decent pressure. Simpson was looking lively. We were looking like we might cause him a few problems. Turgut was still looking good. Oh, yeah, we were looking all right. And then as the half went on, more long balls. And if you're going to play long balls up to Simpson, then you've got no chance. No. Simpson ain't going to win those He's long not balls for player. you. Yeah. And Plymouth started to take control. They got a free kick just before half-time. That wasn't a free <coughs> It didn't look like a free kick, but I'm not seeing the incident again. But they got the free kick, put the ball into the back post. Their man was completely unmarked with a free yeah. header. Beat his marker. Um, I think it was Jerome. I think it was Jerome. Jerome was okay. Jerome started really well. was fantastic in his early... Days at Orient seemed to be okay against Dagenham. We've ruined him. We've ruined him. Uh, and again, wasn't as good as he could have been against Plymouth. And poor defending, one 0 for them. They brought a lot of fans. To be fair to them, 
Amazing. We made a lot of noise. Yeah, amazing. Um, which meant we were one down at half time. And then the second half just carried on. More long balls looking for Nandale, who eventually came off for Palmer. But again, same route one football, not working. Plymouth put three at the back, put five in the midfield, packed it out, and they read us perfectly. Read us perfectly, cut out all our attacking options, and made it 2 0. In the seventh, seventh minute, with another free kick, again, free header, uh, defence was stake, and that was it. Game was over, and defenders pointing at each other. She's like, just lying there. It was. I hate when just people sad. do that. It's like you know your that was your man, and that you're pointing at some other people. I don't understand. Yeah, a really poor goal to concede. Both were really identical set pieces. Man, men not picked up headers and, and goals and yeah. Two one, we pull back uh, a goal from the penalty spot. Yeah, first minute. Palmer, you know who you, his work ethic is fantastic. Very reminiscent of Chris Dagnall. Can come on, can kind of challenge tiring defenders. Done really well. Chasing to a long ball, won it. Got bought down in the box. Lloyd James stepped up. A fair play to Lloyd James for stepping up. You know, the last four or five penalties this team had missed. Lloyd had missed his last one against Barnet. Stepped up, put it away nicely. Yeah, good penalty. And a good penalty. And at that point, you're thinking, right, oh, he's come on. Time to save the season now. Push yeah, on, but back. Yeah. we never got going. And, you know, in the third minute of additional time, <clears throat> another mistake this season from Matt Baldry. You know, completely misjudged his header back. Left Chizak stranded. Their guy looked. When, I think they go on to shoot it completely missed it ended up being like a cross fell to their man Jervis who just tucked it away yeah. 3-1 mass mass walk out really really disappointing end um, to the game but to be fair we didn't deserve anything from that game And another Matt Baldry error cost, costing us yeah I mean if you're going to if you're going to defend like that against a top team in the division like Plymouth you're going to get punished and, and we did you know all three goals really really poor um to concede again yeah, more really goals poor. at the court that we shouldn't be conceding so post-match Andy Hessenthaler said there is no planning for next season at the moment we can't look beyond the next three games because at this, at this time we still had a mathematical chance of making it into the playoffs he said we need to deal with them and then I'm sure there'll be a, there will be a conversation at the end of that with the owner about who he will bring in as manager for next season yep. On team selection, he said it's pretty much a committee we sit down look at it and go from there we all have the deciding vote it is the coaching staff and the chairman. It is the coaching staff and the chairman likes to sit down and listen to what we've got to say. That is where we are at. I haven't known a situation like it in my lifetime in football. The owner likes to have an input and chat. Most chairmans do. So he's not saying he's actually picking the side, but no, the chairman he's... wants to know what's going on and why things are happening, which oh, I sound like I'm going to stick up for Piketty here. It sounds like that's not necessarily a bad yeah. thing. You know, the guy's saying, hold on a minute. Why are we playing badly? Why are we losing so badly? Why are we not in the playoffs? What are you doing yeah, about yeah. it? It doesn't sound as bad as what Hess might make it out to be. I don't know. It might be even worse than what he's making it out to be. But it's a strange. Just one, to put it? another view across, it, it is strange. You know, usually the owners take a very hands-off approach. They run the club and let the people manage yeah. the players. Manage the players. So yeah. So that defeat in the league table <clears throat> pretty much killed our playoff hopes. Not mathematically, but it just. Momentum, momentum, there for yeah, it's gone. So we were five points away from Wimbledon with three games left to play, and Wimbledon also had a game in hand over us. So, yeah. your views on that one? Yeah, what is there to say? You know, we've gone from bad to worse. Defended badly for three goals. It's you know an uphill battle now to, you know, to get into the playoff spots as it stands against yeah. that game for Plymouth. Yeah. Obviously, we'll come on to to yesterday's match, but against yeah. Wimbledon. But so yeah, for me, what do you think bright start 
We started off right, but then the same long ball tactics. Didn't work against the well-organised defence with Plymouth. All the goals, really poor to concede, you know, and just really disappointing on a night where, you know, we should have really gone for it and tried to save our season. We found our season pretty much over. So, again, a massive reaction on Twitter. Um, so, a few of your views from at Boatsy, who's just said, season is now over. Play the youth players for the remainder of the campaign. We're not going to make seventh now. Such a disappointment. Yeah, at Ron Sampson 15 said, we are very poor. Lots need to go in the summer and the quality bought in or next season will be in trouble. Yeah, at Dirk Turk said, the whole team were poor, awful, little quality, a lot need replacing. Yeah, at Josh 33486 said, crap all year. When you win four in 23, we don't deserve the playoffs. Overhaul in the summer needed. Yeah, at James Jamak Mahant said, the club is rotten at its core. Broken, heartbreaking, and it's terrifying to think where it ends. At Billy Herring, 03, said, Bichetti needs massive help if the club is going to move forwards. The bloke couldn't run a bath, let alone a football <laughs> club. Favourite tweet, by the Very way. Very good. At Elliot's M. Byrne, said, Sums up another ultimately disappointing season. Can't see which proven manager will join us at the minute. At I, John... I, I've got to think, though, you throw money at it, you, you'll get people you won't expect to get. Depends yeah, how much money is for, for the wrong reasons, possibly. Oh, absolutely. At John W nine nine nine, the kind of mistake riddled the kind of mistake riddled game that has typified so many games, especially at home this season. Great point. At Paul R Gregory said, missed the last couple of games, but it's sad how poor we have become. The club needs a complete overhaul from the top. At Andy P underscore seventy three, let's face it, the only reason we've had interest up until now is that this league is just awful. We're just not good yeah. enough. Yeah. At LOFC nineteen seventy eight, just says not good enough, not enough class, pace, or ability. Realistically, the playoffs were a dream. About three players worth keeping now. Yeah, at 73, Ken, it's a worry. Who will be? Who will come and manage us with a nutter upstairs? <laughs> a lot needs to change before next season. Very worried. At K Showing, says, get a new experienced manager in now and give him the summer to build his own team. Pray mm-hmm. the boardroom and give him time to settle, build some stability. We'll be in lead two till the next decade. Up the O's, hashtag the fight back starts now. At Dear Stu, no passion, no fight, no manager... Idiot of a chairman, if FB stays, we won't improve next season and dare I say, relegation 2017. Jamie Buck 98 says, fearing for the future of our club, the football is so depressing to watch, long ball after long ball, we need to close teams down. At Chris underscore Holmes 24, we need an experienced manager who is backed in the transfer market and better staff running the club. Yep, I think you know, arguably the biggest factor in our downfall has been getting rid of Matt Porter, a lot of people have said and- Hundred percent, yeah. Without his experience helping and supporting, yeah. I think it's really cost us. Yeah, absolutely. An early foundation builder at Bazal seventy three says, "How many out of contract players will we have at the end of the season? It's going to be like last year again." I think you made that point earlier. Yeah, episode, exactly. Yeah, uh, at Pank P seven, nothing to admire, nothing to enjoy, nothing to look forward to. We really put the rain into Orient tonight. At Buchan JP says the team has managed to destroy any goodwill from fans. Renewals for season tickets will be interesting next year. That, that is a very great point. point. We got an email. We got a message from Dennis uh, that I read in a bit about him being a South Stand ticket season ticket holder for over fifty years. And there's lots of people saying that they don't want to put any more money into the regime, so they're not going to buy any merchandise. And you know, so many fans feel massively disengaged, and that's a big worry. Big worry. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Is it me? No, it is me. John Macker. Uh, John Macker, 1977. Our club is in a complete mess and needs a complete overhaul. I fear it will be a long wait before we're back in League One. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree at this stage. At Ben LOFC says, I wish every Orient player had Ollie Palmer's professionalism and effort for every game. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Simon Bedford said, we need Bacchetti to keep away from the team and bring in an experienced manager. Yeah, and at the Authentic Gaz, says, I really fear for us next season. Uh, if things carry on this way, no direction, no clue at the top, no hope. So I mentioned the message from Dennis before. Yeah. So after the game, um, Dennis messaged the podcast on Facebook. So you can do that as well by searching on Outlook Podcast on Facebook. And he basically um, said... Boys, what a pathetic end to a shambles of a season. What manager would come to a club where a committee headed by the club owner picks the team? After 50 faithful years, I will not be renewing my season ticket unless or until there are fundamental changes at the club. A very sad situation. And, that's you know, quite a statement. That is a statement, Dennis. but I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And that's a, real, that's a worry, isn't it? You know, yeah. If you get, what, 500 people feel like that, and you know, people do feel like that, and they don't want to go and support the club, then... Especially with the way West, how well West Ham are doing and moving into the Olympic Stadium next season. At a time when we should be building the fan base, yeah. you know, a lot of feeling so so disengaged. I have to say how disheartened I am. Yeah, and I mean, you know, now we're not going to make the playoffs and we know we're in League 2 next season. The club should come out, they should try and get as many season ticket holders. It'd be interesting to see what they do with the pricing structure. You know, you've got to think they can't increase the price of season tickets, but... It's an interesting one, or you know, get more people and it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. Yeah, I agree. So, Thursday, the 21st of April, Jay Simpson's named the fifth best player in League Two this season and is named in the PFA League Team League Two Team of the Year. Well done, Jay. Credit to Jay, you know, he's blown <coughs> hot and cold at times, but you can only, as a forward, he can only do what is, is served to him Act and what, on what's supplied. Yeah. Absolutely, and you know, there's been massive games where he's been massively isolated also the under 21s beat Barnet yeah. uh, 2-1 at Brisbane Road great coverage on the actual official Twitter feed so it was like a real game yeah when they um, opened it and great they played time. out yeah. to, to give them a bit of a sentiment which I thought was a great sentiment and people could go and sit and watch yeah. and cheer them on absolutely I remember the only the, the, the tweet I remember the most is from the Orient Twitter feed about someone pulling off an amazing no look pass Yes, in that game, yeah, yeah. I thought you know, and that's just the confidence in the under, yes, absolutely, in the under 21s. I think so, it's outstanding, fantastic, brilliant. So, well done, we boys. wish them well, and hopefully, we can see a few more, a few more well, coming, into coming the through. Team, yeah, yeah, so that'd be good. Saturday, 23rd of April, which was yesterday, we had Wimbledon away, and so you made a point about squad predictions, yeah. So, um, the only thing about um, uh, that I'd noticed as the, as the score predictions were coming in was we'd actually received. So many from fans thinking and believing. For, I think for the first game, the Orient were actually going to lose. There yeah. was no confidence in the team at all. And it was a real noticeable shift in fan thought and where the club is and the faith they actually have in the team, which for yeah. me Great point. was quite quite stunning because usually it's like, oh, Orient easy, 3 0, Orient 1 yeah, 0, yeah. Simpson, Orient 2 0. <coughs> Excuse me, Mackenough and, and Simpson. I mean, we still, had, we still had quite a lot of people saying Orient win, but it was a lot more balanced. Normally it's about 95%. Or who was win? win. I'd, I'd say it was about 50 50 or maybe 60 40 in, in terms of Wimbledon. Right. But it was yeah. it, it, an interesting swing. There was definitely a massive swing. Um, so the team was announced with Chizak in goal, uh, back for Hunt, Baudry, Brisley, and Ramage at left back. That was a surprising one. I was over Jerome, but when I texted you about it, you said I, I, no, he'd been a bit poor. I recently. think Jerome's been a bit poor, but why not Shaw? What, what, what's the matter with Shaw? Well, the thing is, if you've got Peter Ramage, who's an experienced yeah, defender over Shaw, you would. He's not a left back, though, and quite clearly, he gets done for the first goal massively. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Midfield, Clahessi, Moore, James, and Turgo. It's good to see Moore starting again. And, and definitely against his former team. You know, many players crop up to kind of punish their for, uh, former teams. With Palmer and Nandale up front. So, sub Sam Sargent, Jack Payne, Scott Kashkit, Benon Williams, Samido, Gerardo Martin, and 
Pollock. So uh, we had to win to take points off Wimbledon, and if we didn't, playoffs would have been out of reach. So mathematically, yeah, it would have been impossible for us to have gone into the playoffs if we hadn't have um, um, hadn't have won, and, and Pompey would have at least picked up a point. So yeah, it, it was a t- it was a tough day. It was yeah. a tough day all round. So Simpson. Uh, Missed the game for a back injury, but should be back next week, apparently. Yeah. Uh, Atangana missed the game through the groin injury he's been carrying for the last couple of weeks. And Benoit Williams was dropped. So, like we said, Ramage in, Moore and Palmer in. So, so nothing to surprise Back at Wimbledon, yeah. so that like, was good. Like he would, but, you know, again, <laughs> to come back, Ramage for me at left back, no way. No way. Agree. Not a chance in hell for me. Agree. So, a quick... Should we go for the match quickly? Yeah, so um, in the eighth minute, um, Andy Bartram, ex-Orient Loney, yeah, Andy Bartram, yeah. um, cuts up Hunt, puts him on his backside. He absolutely um, put him on his backside. Absolutely. His arms, yeah. um, sends a curling shot over, which Chisak did do well to save. Yeah, good save there. Thank God for him, actually, yesterday's game, because he made him, him, him it would have been about five And he minutes. made some good saves, especially in the first half. Yeah, eighth minute, Wimbledon took the lead. Uh, Ramage's man... Just took him on and beat him so easily. But again, you know, how critical can that be of Ramage, who's not a left back? So if you're playing a player out of position, in, I can say Ramage is at four, but if he's got a, a pacey winger up against him and his game isn't pace and he's always going to get done, then I cut the ball back and the shot got saved by Chizak. Rebound fell to Lyle Taylor, who finished it from close range, 1 0. Um, and really disappointing. Yeah. Um, in the 28th minute, um, Sean Brisley mishit. And slices um, his uh, effort straight to Taylor. Chisak makes a save, and we were very lucky oh, there. Oh, Grizzly, yeah. Just took his eye the ball, sliced it. Could have easily, it should have been 2 0 there. Yeah. And you made a point of the midfield being controlled by Wimbledon. And plenty uh, of John's pressure. pressure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they were a good one. Controlling it, yeah. They'd won their last four, and they're after their league record of five straight football league wins. And Which they got. You made another note saying, apart from the first 10 minutes. Yeah, or we've been absolutely dreadful. Um, Chisak, Alex Chisak kept us in the game with a number of good saves. See if he's still here next season. I hope so. Be an interesting one. I hope so. So half time whistle went one 0 on a poor half morning. I think we're all agreed. You know, no shots on target. Just really disappointing. So attendance announced at four thousand seven hundred and thirty-two, with eight hundred and nine travelling away fans. So good attendance there. I think it would have been a lot more had we had fans been a lot more engaged with the team and the yeah, club at the moment. But still eight hundred and nine. I know it's only the other side of London, but people have still got to be bothered. Oh, to absolutely. Go yeah, yeah. It's still, you know, if you're going to get the tube, it's not an easy tube ride from where we are. It's a good, at least That's a good right. hour now. Thick end of an hour and a bit. Second half kicked off. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen percent of the attendance was was Orient, yeah, so, yeah. or at least nearly twenty percent. Second half kicked off. No changes at half time. Yeah. And just four minutes into the second half, across from Clahessy, uh, cleared straight to Nandalay. His effort was held. By Roos. That was quite a tame It was a good effort. chance. It was a good chance, was, I thought. Good opportunity. Just didn't take he it. He didn't get the power, did he? No. Didn't get the power. You can see what he's trying to do. Yeah, he was absolutely. trying to do. He didn't get the power on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry. Uh, 66. Yeah. Elliot plays it across the box for Smith, but he shot his over. So again, Thankfully. they should have done better there. They, they were quite wasteful, to be fair, up front. One we're doing we're Wimbledon, quite lucky. Yeah. Uh, 70th minute, Fuller cross from the right. Baldry miskicks it and it fell to Barcham. But his shot was straight at Chisak, who held on to it well. Poor from Baldry. Um, almost three mistakes yeah. in as many games. I'm sure he's made more than three. In, three no, in but three it cost us. Oh, in, right, the, okay. in the last three games. So, yeah. you see Dagenham Redbridge, Plymouth, and that was almost three for three. So, 76 minute. Left it late to make a sub, I'd say, in that match. Uh, Scott Cashcut came off for Sean Clahessy. In the 85th minute, Sandra Semedo makes his Football League debut. Uh, came off for Blair Turgot. Okay, and then in the uh, just a minute later, the ball fell to Aziz. 
But from an acute angle, his effort strikes aside nettings. He should have done better for Wimbledon. Yeah, should have punished so. us. Should have punished but us. Thank God he didn't. Yep, and in four minutes during the time we played, nothing happens. We slip to another defeat, and that's it. Definitely not making the playoffs. Although, to be honest with you, in my mind's eye, we haven't been in yeah. playoff contention for weeks. But now it's mathematically, mathematically. mathematically. I guess while there's always a mathematical chance, you always have that small percentage of something might happen, but that absolutely killed it. So Andy Hassenthaler said after the game, I don't know where it's gone wrong. That's an alarming opening statement to make. <laughs> That's utter, utterly, utterly appalling to make that stuff. I don't know where it's gone wrong. But for Andy Hassenthaler, he's got no pressure because he's an interim manager, so I guess he can say stuff like that and not worry about a consequence because there's, you know, there's no I'm pressure on him. I'm staggered. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I don't know where it's gone wrong. Well, Andy, come round to my house and I'll tell you exactly <laughs> where it's gone wrong. Let's just see what else he's got to say. So okay. he goes on to say, a lot of things have happened in the last few weeks. We've lost a manager and we haven't got one now. We have an interim, so that hasn't helped the situation. We're not making excuses because we've played Sounds 44 like games and we're in the bottom half of the table and that's not good enough. It is very frustrating and not acceptable from all of us. We are all a big family in terms of the group, like the coaching staff and players, and we haven't produced. I'm not going to hide behind anything. I'm actually devastated about it for the fans because they deserve more. We should have, at a minimum... Been in the playoffs. Yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. So. We absolutely should have been. So because of that loss, we've slipped to our low, lowest place of the season. We've dropped to fourteenth. I can't believe we're fourteenth in League Two. It's mental. Luton isn't are it? above us. Exeter <laughs> above us. Mansfield are above us. Carlisle United are above us. Wickham are above us, and Cambridge are above us. That's how shocking we are. And we're only four points off of fifteenth place Barnet. But at one, at one, with the same goal difference at one point Cambridge were out of it they appointed Sean Derry and look what Sean Derry's done for them it's, yeah. it's, it, you just can never tell on paper Nolan looked like a better appointment than Sean Derry on yes, paper on paper and look at, the way, look at the way things have panned out so you can never account for stuff like that so we played 44 117 drawn 12 lost 15 63 points and a minus 3 goal difference so I think the lowest league place we can finish is 15th if I'm not mistaken so the lowest we can be is 15th then about the highest um, but it doesn't make for pretty reading in the league table anyway so Paul your views on yesterday again it's, just, it's another poor result isn't it you know we've lost 1-0 okay arguably to a team that are above us better than us have come in on better form than us but it's just so shocking about how everything's just worked out and you know for me in my mind I, we haven't been in playoff contention for about three or four weeks now yeah um, so for me I'd already put the playoffs to bed yeah like, like in March for me so it just got a sort yeah. For me, disappointing. You know, a, a game again where another opportunity to save the season, maybe on paper. <clears throat> we didn't take it. No shots on target <clears throat> yesterday. Really poor. Oh no, that can't be right because Nandelage was on target. Yeah. So not much attacking intent. Again, Ramage at left back doesn't work. So the team selection worries me. Um, and two games left to get a bit of pride. So those players are all playing for contracts next season. So you'd hope they'd play for pride, play for the shirt, and you know if not, get get the youth boys in it. See I'm what Karama can do. If Simpson isn't there, why not? Why not start Karama and Kashkin? I'm maybe? wagging my finger at you in a very positive way because I think the, the the key word that you've used there is pride. Yeah. And even if you're not prepared to play, and this is a bit of a message for the players, really. Even if you're not prepared to play for the chairman or the fans, let's say. Play for your own professionalism. Play for your own pride. Absolutely. So that you go home to your family at night and knowing that you've done the best that you can. That yeah. You haven't made mistakes that have cost a game. So from that point of view, um, I think the players' the responsibility falls on, on very much on 
many of the players there that haven't actually put in as good a shift as they could have done yeah. and they know that they can do I mean did we start the five, first five games too well get a bit cocky with it and think oh we're going to absolutely walk this league let's just start taking our eye off the ball <laughs> hope not don't know it was only August yeah it was know. only August but, but disappointing and like I said 14th in League 2 table doesn't lie does it table doesn't lie not, not over 40 times, games so nah. disappointing so your views yeah, um, so we had uh, views from people from, well, before we before we actually kick off with, with fan views, before we started recording this morning, we spoke to birthday boy, happy birthday, <laughs> happy George, birthday. for Friday, Leighton Orient correspondent for Archant Newspaper Group, George Sessions, about the current goings on at the club, and George very kindly gave up his morning for us, and he basically had these comments to make. Uh, very kindly joined by George Sessions, the Archant reporter for Leighton Orient. Morning, George. Morning, lads. How are you both in the UK? Morning. Good. And you? Yeah, all good, all good. Thanks for joining us at this early hour of the day. <laughs> appreciate appreciate you getting up early. So we thought, ah, no worries. We thought we'd just ask you about the current situation at Orient, as you're kind of well, a well-respected source. So in terms of the whole, let's start with Kevin Nolan leaving. What were your thoughts on, on Kevin departing the club? I was just gutted to be honest more than anything because um, although obviously results had, had dipped and they are over the East period and going into April you know every time we spoke to him after a game I always sensed how, just how determined he was to get success at Orient and even though he sort of knew that things were slowly going the wrong way in terms of results obviously at York and Barnet you could still sense that he felt next season they, there was a real chance if they could get with the people in that he wanted they could really do something you know I, I, I probably would go as far as saying incredible because he's just got this determination and, and a look about him that he, all he wants to do is just succeed and, and prove how good he can be as a manager and I generally felt that if he'd been given next season been given the summer to get his own players in that Orin really could have challenged next year I think that's what makes this all so frustrating that from the club's point of view all they're looking at is what all they were looking at was the last five six games of the season and by doing that they've just completely ruined what could have been I thought a great long term relationship with Nolan you know, at, the, at the forefront of the club because what a, a great ambassador to have you know the manager who's been in the Premier League for God knows how long every single I've sort of said this previously but every single newspaper and radio will, will know about Kevin Nolan and, and that'd get all in so much more exposure just because he's at the helm but by making this decision I think it's just ruined what well, I, I can't see anyway that Kevin will be there next season it, it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he left very shortly to be fair yeah, spot on, spot on. Yeah, and it's 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 quite obvious uh, with with him being on the sidelines now with this mysterious ankle injury as well. Yeah, yeah, I don't um, I don't really buy that. Um, I, to be fair, I was a bit sceptical about Joe McEnough being injured, but I've been told 100 percent that he is actually injured, and I, I do believe that. So I think all the other injuries are completely true, and, and they're not false at all. But with the Kevin one, I've, I've sort of knew from Tuesday he lost his managerial role that an injury would be happening with him so I think uh, safe to assume that that's, that's just uh, a load of cobblers really yeah so, so what do you make of the current situation in, in terms of like currently the committee picking oh, up it's, it's madness really isn't it I feel, I feel really sorry for Hess um, and Tyler and you know, all the other guys involved Andy Edwards and Danny Webb Richard Thomas because you know you saw after after the Dagenham game they obviously it was a decent win um, and they were all out on the pitch all them four and just talking and then Piketty come 
over and, and as a conversation with each of them and, and you can just you know I, I personally think you can just tell her that Hesentai doesn't want to be there he's, he's doing it purely to be professional and it's hard for him because obviously we we ask him questions the media after a game and, and he's not the person to answer it really like next season he, he hasn't got a clue what's going to happen and we feel like we have to ask him that but then at the same time he's not he doesn't know you know he doesn't know himself what's going to happen so it's hard it's a difficult situation for him and you know, to have the owner being involved, picking a team is, is just ludicrous, isn't it? And I'm I'm surprised really that no one, well, I don't know, they might, I'm surprised nobody from the FA or, or any sort of big big person not really t- took an interest in this because how can a chairman be picking the team? Like, you hear rumours, but if it's, it's now been confirmed, obviously, by Heston of the last three games, the case has been involved. So I don't know why no one's really. Yeah, clocked onto this and took an interest because that just can't be happening. It's not. It's not part of football. That doesn't happen anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. a crazy situation. Yeah, I think the FA are loath to get involved in anything unless it's an actual breach of rule or procedure or something. Yeah. So I don't know how that sits. But what, what did you make of um, Bichetti's video um, statement um, to well, ostensibly the fans? Did Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Um, what do you think? It was, it was like. I felt like I'm quite a big James Bond fan. I felt like going back to watching them films. But, um, I don't know. I, to be honest, it, it just seemed like I was quite shocked in a way because I'm reading through Twitter and I might be completely wrong with this, but I sort of thought a few fans kind of bought into what he said and they was like, oh, fair enough. He, he's, he's given a reason about Kevin Owen leaving, but he didn't. All he said was exactly what they said in the statement. Yeah. That Kevin was getting distracted. And now they've taken the managerial duties away. And, and some people seem to buy that. And I was thinking, hold up, he's not said anything different. But um, it wasn't really, it wasn't a great, it was just a message to thank the fans really for the for their support this season. But it's a bit late because he's thanking them with, what, what was it, four or five games to go then. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think it was, the good thing about it was that he was actually trying to interact with the fans. Yeah, I think that's and what I take from that. I yeah. think that's the, that's the key bit, isn't it? Because as much as he is making these decisions, which I disagree with, I think deep down he obviously does want success for the club. And the, the thing that he hasn't done well enough recently, and you know, over the last two seasons, is to communicate with the fans enough. Um, I know obviously himself and a lot of people are trying to get him to to do a fans forum which would be you know crucial really especially at this point in time so at least from his point of view he's trying to make some sort of effort with the fans but some of the things he was saying and you can just tell he's reading it from an auto cue can you because his sentences were just broken English yeah. it, it'd say it'd say five words in English and normally somebody an English person would be carrying on that sentence and then he would pause and then carry on so I think you could tell it was sort of staged but I guess uh, the positive from it is that at least he's trying to communicate with the fans but it's a bit too late for that now sorry George yeah I think so well, it seemed like he was either he was either reading, reading from a reading from something because he was he was yeah. looking up and taking deep breaths wasn't he and I think I, I see some of these tweets and I've, I've never known anybody to talk for three minutes and say so little yeah, <laughs> just yeah, make me laugh so just to finish it up then George so obviously yesterday's result confirmed that we'll be in League 2 next season I think we all knew that was going to be the case anyway but it yeah. made it mathematically <laughs> impossible to get in the playoffs so to kind of rebuild in the summer then what, what do you think Orient need to do in the summer or if you were for Bichetti what would you do in the summer well if I was Bichetti I'd be getting an experienced English manager that knows League Two, knows League One, perhaps, um, and give well, and give him the time to work in 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 an environment that he's not used to and, and not be involved. But I think 
well, judging the last couple of weeks, it doesn't seem like that's the case. And the worry that I have is is they could just go back to a point and another Italian because you look you look at last season and obviously he pointed Liverani and I think he acknowledged that he got that wrong in the summer because he knew how much the fans went crazy about Liverani staying in his job towards the end. So he obviously has gone down this British route, appointed Hendon, in his opinion that didn't work. A lot of fans would agree with that. Appointed Nolan, in his opinion again it didn't work. I don't think many people would agree that that you could really say it worked or didn't because he was there for such a short space yeah. of time but I think from his point of view now he's probably going to be thinking in his head well I've just appointed two British managers so why would I go and put another British when I might just put an Italian and then I can be involved so that is the, the big worry and the big concern that I've got um, because you know he could put an Italian and it, it would just be a yes man really again he'd have a, a massive say in, in the actual um, team selection but I would, you know, if I was in charge, I'd be appointing an experienced English manager. I can't really think of anyone off the top of my head right now, but I think the problem with this season is that appointing Ian and appointing Kevin, they were both, well, Ian less so inexperienced, but he didn't have a huge amount of experience. And when you do appoint people like that, you need to give them enough time to make mistakes and learn from those mistakes yeah. and he did it he obviously he hasn't got that patience to do it so he needs to be appointing somebody that's experienced that's going to come in and, and get bang on the money but whether they'll whether they'll stay in this sort of environment where the you know, a big say in the team selection is another thing that you know it's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to know really perfect George always a pleasure thank you for joining us this morning no worries I'm looking forward to listening to it already it's good yeah, to have you back guys cool. thanks George so that was George Sessions, the Archant uh, correspondent uh, for the Orient there. Very, very good points I thought he made. Um, some points that perhaps some people haven't thought about. Yeah, he made a great uh, point about the FA there. I thought it was a really good point getting yeah. involved in, in Bichetti, getting involved with the team selection. I, I hadn't thought of that. Good yeah, point. no, whether or not there is a ruling on that, I don't know. But um, they, So that, that, that was George's views, our views as well, previous to that. So... Um, your views now Rob Coldwell 154 said pathetic underachievers as per usual blame the Italians for the unstable direction of the club words fail me to be honest yeah at David Rickard AC says you just know Gagliardi will be the next manager and if so he will take us down let me just say if Gagliardi does get the manager's job <coughs> can't happen I think no. there would be a I think there would be a riot outside Brisbane Road I really do I really do. At Orient Boy, season ended weeks ago. Gutless performances. Next season, only retain Cox and McCallum. The rest go, including the board. I'd take two or three seasons more in League Two if we built a solid foundation and team with guts, heart, plans A and B. Sorry, plans A and B and future. Looking at the present, it is all about knee jerks, poor scouting of players, poor homework on opposition, and no plan A or plan B. Good points there, good points. Uh, Kevin Cowlin said the club's downward spiral will continue now. Uh, I fear for its future because FB is no respect for history and the employees. So sad. Trevor Gibling said can accept finishing outside the playoffs if we're moving forward, but reputation now completely damaged for recruitment. Yeah, good point. And not a tweet to us, but we thought we'd mention it. At Paul McCallum 45 tweeted yesterday by saying, if only I could really tweet what I wanted. So, that says, says it all really those, it? those several words say everything you need to know. So even though we've been gone for three weeks, the Prediction League has still been up and running, um, and some fantastic yeah. predictions, um, especially, who was it? 
at Wadsey on Tuesday night getting a 3-1 loss and Lloyd James to score on Tuesday that's outstanding was fantastic he's got a few where he's got the correct score and scorer well um, done so yesterday there were loads of predictions only at Barry Gray stopped predicted correctly predicted one of to Wimbledon so he took three points in the prediction league so it means at the top with just two games left it looks oh. like at Wadsey oh. is going to it's steal it got a leader seven point lead now after his correct prediction on Tuesday so he's first on 21 points JN Crane and GeForce underscore shift and Strop underscore row are second on 14 points. So, guys, you need to get your predictions right for the forthcoming game against Mansfield and eight, get your scorers right. Eight points up for grabs. Uh, with two games left. So, it's an interesting one. So, thanks for all the predictions we've had. We'll be doing it again um, for the last two games of the season. Um, and maybe we'll be trying to get Wadsey at some kind of trophy or something to kind of <laughs> show him how well he's done. A program. A program, yeah. At Mansfield. <laughs> Um, positives and negatives this week then um, positives the under 18s winning the league yep so well done under, under 18 to brilliant before, but fantastic you know an undefeated season <coughs> merit league one yep well done. Um, Josh Caroma making his barnet against debut yeah yeah I think we can also add Sandra Semedo um, yes yeah well. yeah Semedo and hopefully there'll be more you know two games left nothing to play for so it'd be good to see if we get any more yeah we've, we've got, got, see we've we've got, got Logan, yeah, yeah. out on loan uh, yeah. as well as a couple of others fantastic away support all season this season yeah. we've travelled very strongly in numbers despite what's going on off the pitch so you know credit there yeah absolutely so <laughs> negatives we're only going to have three but we could have had we could have had 30 um, podcast on negatives <laughs> yeah. I think we haven't we so um, <laughs> three negatives so firstly sacking Nolan as a manager you know not really on secondly Bichette's ingrowing influence on team selection which continues to grow and looking at the injury list you know for us Simpson key top scorer Atangana who's been protecting the defence Nolan but you know really dodge. injured dodge and McEnough who sessions assured us and we know what's on to say is legit so you know poor injuries at a poor time of the season obviously add to that Cox add to that McCallum who've been injured you know it a growing list yeah absolutely so next week's fixtures we've got the one game as we entertain Mansfield yep which is our last home game of the season on Saturday I Mansfield. can't believe it's the last home game of the season already it's flown by hasn't it yeah it's flown it's by been t- it's been traumatic yeah, um, but we are there. Mansfield have had a decent season. They are currently eleventh in League Two uh, on sixty-three points, the same as us. But their goal difference is far superior. They drew yesterday one all with Barnet. I got, got to say, to be below Mansfield in the league is really disappointing. But you can go back to Brisbane Road after that game because there's play with a legend that I'm playing in. Yes, you on are. Thursday, yes. May the nineteenth, on John Mackey's team. Mackie's, You're in midfield, no? I'm in midfield. Mackie's been going on on Twitter about how much alcohol he's consumed this week to celebrate his promotion victory, but I hope he doesn't let the team down with his uh, <laughs> with his diet. We should tweet John. John. Well, I'm you should tweet yeah, John Mackie. Yeah, I hope yeah. this doesn't affect, won't affect your performance <laughs> on Lego 19. Also, a very important date tomorrow, if you're free, get down to the supporters club. It's the Loft uh, AGM uh, from half past seven. That will be rammed, I think. Guests include Mackie himself and Alexander after the formal bits just to say it's Monday the 25th because we're recording today Sunday so it's yes, Monday it's the tomorrow, 25th yeah, Monday 25th tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. get yourself down there um, it'd be a very interesting evening I would yeah. say um, so, mate and that's it an epic it looks like an hour 20 podcast wow so thanks thanks for joining us for episode 68 we've been away for two or three weeks and so obviously so much has happened uh, at the world of Orient it's just got crazier and on the pitch things have gone okay, from okay to bad and then to worse Nolan's gone, Bichetti's helping to pick the team and there's no chance of the playoffs now. So we will definitely be in League 2 next season. But this is Orient. There's still probably crazier things to happen and to yep. expect. Yep. So thank you very much to everybody who's tweeted us. We've obviously read a lot out. 
Um, and there are obviously a lot more that we haven't read, so apologies if yours didn't get read out, but we do try and keep it as general and not have the same people all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. So this week's um, outro song, um, selected by Paul, we will leave you with the proclaimed <laughs> song as a tribute to the fantastic away support for the O's this season, who have continued to follow the O's up and down the country. You know, it's so hard to do, it's so cost effective, it's, it's massive, no, so well done costly. to you all. Costly. Um, and we'll be back with episode 69, hopefully next week with all the information of views that you could ever need and we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O, see you Up next week. Well, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who gets strong next to you. And if I heave up, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who's heavering to you.